Last week, I talked on the gift of the Holy Spirit. While I was preparing this message, I felt like God said, make the notes from last week available. Uh, I talked about, you know, there's been a teaching, an erroneous teaching, and it has robbed the church. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to water down the gospel. And I tackled a doctrine that says, well, the gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't for today anymore. God just used them and healed people and did miraculous things to give his church a kickstart. And uh, whoever came up with that idea needs a good kickstart in their pants, you know. Uh, because what that says about my father is that when he did miraculous things and prophesied so that people wouldn't go into famine and stuff like that, and he healed the sick, etc., etc., it was just a ploy to launch his church. He didn't care about people. And that is such an insult on the character of God. And so last week I covered doctrinally from Scripture, easily dismantled this whole concept, oh, the gifts have ceased. It's called cessationism. No, sir. You and I are meant to move in the Holy Ghost. Can I get an agreement? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, By the way, is there a Lucy here? No? Okay. Lucy? All right. The Holy Spirit gives you the ability. I want you to open your Bible to Acts chapter 2, verse 4. The Holy Spirit gives you the ability. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit... What does the next word say? Who spoke? The Holy Spirit or they did? Okay, I got one or two people think so. Does that mean everybody else thinks opposite? Who did the speaking? Okay. All of them were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They spoke, didn't they? And the Holy Spirit enabled them. Is that what it says? The Holy Spirit enabled them, but they spoke. See, people think that to move in the Spirit, God's going to possess you. And all of a sudden, it's beyond your control. No. God gave free will from the beginning, and God will always honor and respect free will. In fact, the Bible says the Spirit is subject to the prophet. Why, is, why did Paul even say that in Corinthians? God works with us. How many of you ever heard the phrase, we are co-workers with Christ? He doesn't come to possess us. Oh, God just said, I can't help it. Listen, he comes to work with us. And we make the things of God so ridiculous that they don't even fit into his character. He's a God that gives free will. So he is not going to force you. You're a daughter. You're a son. In that spiritual sense, you're a son. He wants to work with you. So he gives you the ability, but you speak. He's not going to take your jaw and move it up and down. You speak. You become filled with the Holy Spirit, not possessed beyond your willpower. 
Are you hearing me? Amen. And it's very important to understand because if we understand this, see, a lot of people wait for God to do something so out of their control before they'll even attempt to move in the Spirit. To move in the Spirit is to move with the Spirit. I move in the Spirit, but I have to move. If I don't take the first step, nothing's going to happen. Are you hearing? So it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. Who's the subject? All of them were filled with what? The Holy Ghost. And they began to speak. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. There are two subject matters here, the Holy Spirit and them. All of them were filled with the Holy Ghost, and one subject matter began to speak as the other subject matter, the Holy Spirit, enabled them. Two partners here working together. Everybody say working together. The Holy Spirit wants to work with me. Say it. The Holy Spirit wants me to work with Him. They spoke, but the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, Paul's talking about the Holy Spirit, and he talks a lot about the baptism and the gifts in chapter 13, chapter 14. But here in verse 2, let's look at this particular verse. If anyone, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understand them, understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. They utter mysteries. Who utters? They utter. Everybody say, they utter. Mysteries by the Spirit. So in my notes, I have it italicized and emboldened, and you can get a copy of last week's notes and this week's notes. But if I were to embold this or put the italics or the emphasis, I would put they utter. Is that correct? They utter. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. It's cooperation. The Holy Spirit does not force us to do anything. We have to give Him the opening and the availability, and then He will enable us and move us. He will give us the ability. Can I get an agreement? Is that what it says? Okay. So we see the same thing like on the day of Pentecost. He enabled them. They spoke. They uttered mysteries by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. I'm going to show you something. For if I pray in a tongue, and by the way, Paul did. He actually said, I'm glad I pray in tongues more than everybody. That was not a vain, braggadocious attitude. There's a reason why he was happy that he spoke in tongues a lot, and I'll touch on it. But if I pray in a tongue, 
my spirit, my spirit. Notice spirit is a small s. How many of you have the scripture in front of you in your Bible? Put your hand up. Is it small s? It's not a capital S, is it? Whenever it's small s, it's your spirit. Whenever it's capital S, it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That'll help you understand a lot of scriptures that sometimes you didn't understand. Okay? My spirit prays little s, but my mind is unfruitful. When I pray in tongues, I am praying from my spirit. By the Spirit, I utter mysteries by the Spirit. Paul says, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Wow. Why would God do that? Is that a good question? Why would God do that? Most of our natural lives, our mind has always been in control. Ever since the fall, mankind has been led by his mind, by his emotions, by his memories of the past. He has reasoned out of a soul that's broken. He's been influenced by the desires of his body. How many of you have ever made decisions influenced by the desires of your body, and you've paid the price for it for a long time. Absolutely. And that could be sexual, it could be weight, it could be health, it could be a hundred different things. For to be carnally minded, to live out of the realm of the soul and the flesh, the physical body, to chuck or to throw a temper tantrum because she just pressed a button that brought me back to a memory of what happened to me when I was a kid and I, it's all gonna happen again and I'm gonna throw myself in a heap and I'm gonna make a scene. It's to be carnally minded. I am living out of the memories of the past and out of the emotions of my soul. And a lot of things that we do are often the reactions of our soul. That's what got Adam and Eve in trouble. How many of you want to stay out of trouble? Amen. See, I don't just want to be a human being who's going to heaven. I want to spirit to spirit. I'm a spirit man. I want to live out of my spirit following the spirit of God. You know, as a kid, I grew up in church and I'd read about the prophets of old and how they saw things in the Spirit. How many of you would like to see things in the Spirit? You know what? Here, I have found this to be extremely common. So I'm going to ask, how many of you have ever seen something that was demonic, either a hand grabbing you or you've been paralyzed in the middle of the night, you wake up, or you've seen a spirit of darkness or something like that, put your hand up, okay? You're all spiritual. You see, the church wants to make believe that the gifts of the spirit ain't for today. 
Heck, I need him because the spirit of darkness is working and he's moving and he wants to appear and he wants to attack. Who do you think would want you not to have spiritual weapons against the spiritual powers of darkness? Satan or God? Yeah, that's what I thought. The gifts of the spirit are to counter a devil who is very active and he's using his spiritual gifts in the world, but they are a counterfeit. And so we got people, good men and women who love Jesus, but they still, they're loving Jesus out of their intellect. Oh, well that stuff's not for today. And so the devil's having a heyday. He's running the world. He appears to unbelievers. He scares the bejeebas out of them. They see demonic entities. They go to a fortune teller. They attend a seance. They contact the dead. And they do all of these supernatural things. But the church says, um, I'm, 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 I'm not seeing it. I'm not hearing it. I don't want any part of it. And all of that stuff is a counterfeit of the real thing. Wow. Yeah. The things of God are real, and we need to step into the things of God. Why is it we have more of the Holy Ghost than they had in the Old Testament? He rested on them. In the New Testament, He came in us. In the Old Testament, man wasn't sanctified by the blood of the Lamb yet, and so He had to live in a temple. Now He lives in us. We. If the old covenant that brought death, Paul says, came with glory, how much more glory the new covenant comes with. And we read about the prophets in the Old Testament, and they had these amazing supernatural abilities, but then we want to shut up the windows of the church, shut up the doors, people are going to get offended, people are going to get scared. Guess what? The same people who get offended about the things that are Holy Ghost in church are the same ones that know what their horoscope is. Oh, well, I didn't go to a fortune teller. The horoscope, its origin is out of the demonic. Oh, look, I'm a Leo. I tend to be like this. And this is what's going to happen today to me because I read it. That's a soothsaying spirit. It's a false spirit. But Christians have no problem letting their kids read uh, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Crazy Potter, they have no problem reading the horoscope, but then God forbid something supernatural happens in the church or we can't predict it. If we can't predict it, it can't be God. Yo, have you read your Bible? Because most of what happens in the Bible, the people it happened to weren't suspecting it. Thank you. I'll take an extra five minutes for that. Thank you. Yeah. Is she saved? She's been wanting a word from the Lord. Do you know if that's correct? She's wanting a word from the Lord. And the Lord told me to tell her she's on the right track. He's with her. He's leading her. Fear not. 
Fear not. Don't be afraid. He has her in his hands. While it might be an awkward decision and a difficult path, she's actually on the right track and she's doing right. Is it from what, and I don't know your sister, you know. You tell them, tell me, I need to know. Is that on the mark? Come on. So we get into churches where this stuff happens. Oh, but it's the pastor. Don't put me on a pedestal. I'm going to disappoint you. And besides, the higher the pedestal you put me on, when I fall off, it's going to hurt more. So if you don't care, I care. When I say don't put me on a pedestal, I'm not the only one who can do that. It's not me. It's the Spirit of God. Look, church. So, sorry? I said I was literally sending her a video of us in church just so she could get the And you ask her, you ask her as she was watching because, and I didn't say this bit before because I thought, well, okay. You were talking to her uh, on the thing there. What came to me is somebody's here and they're wanting a word from the Lord. You ask her, while I was videoing and you were stepping into the worship, were you thinking to yourself, you ask her, were you saying, God, I really would want a word from you? And I am confident she'll tell you yes. Yeah. It's not just for the pastor. It's not just for the evangelist. You see, in the Old Testament, an elite few. But if you read what Peter said, he quoted the prophet Joel. When he got up on the day of Pentecost, if you read what he said, the Holy Ghost came in like a rushing wind. And, and Peter says, they're not drunk. This is the Spirit of God. It was prophesied that God will fill the earth with His Spirit and young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Young maidens will prophesy. What's he saying? What happened to an elite few in the Old Testament and the Holy Ghost had to sit on their shoulders? Now the Spirit of God has come into you. You've become the temple of God and now you will prophesy. Your son and daughters will dream dreams. You will get visions from the Holy Ghost. You will move in the power of the Spirit of God. This is what God was longing for. That's why Jesus said that now is the time where people will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. God's been looking forward to this because trying to get through to our heads has been a headache for him. I'm being funny. Laugh, loosen up. <laughs> but that whole thing that the prophet prophesied, it's like the Spirit of God's going to come into everyone. And so, you know, either we don't believe it, oh, that scares me, oh, I'm not going to pray in tongues. Tongues is of the devil. Yeah? We better cast the devil out of Paul. It's how the whole church got launched. Yes. That's right. 
Isn't it interesting Jesus said in Luke, if you ask your father for bread, will he give you a stone? If you ask him for fish, will he give you a serpent? How much more when you ask for the Holy Spirit, he will give him to you, not a counterfeit. We're hoping that the government's got the answer for us. No, God has the answer, and he gave you the Holy Ghost, and gifts of wisdom are meant to operate in you. Gifts of discernment are meant to operate in you. Gifts of prophecy are meant to operate in you. Your young maidens will prophesy. And this is to as many, those that are here and those that are far off, and as many as are called. There's no time limit. The gifts of the Spirit. Um, Friday night, we had a night of worship, and uh, it was great. How many of you were here? Was it good? It was, it was a great night. And uh, afterwards, we, we, there was actually a few people we, we didn't know. I didn't know even how they heard about it. And so there was a tall gentleman, he was about here, and I went up to him. I said, good day, buddy. How are you? He said, good, good. I said, what's your name? He said, Matt. I said, um, so tell me about Matt. And he starts telling me that uh, he's been in full-time ministry, pastored his own church, was up in, I won't say where, but in a certain city, and he and his wife really got beat up, and it was really tough. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. He told me he was in ministry. That's all he said. He had been in ministry. That's all he had said. And I said, Matt, you know, I know this is going to sound a bit goofy, But even if it sounds a bit goofy, I I just feel like I need to say this. I said, so don't think I'm strange. I want to thank you for responding to the call of God and not running away, is what I said to him. All he told me was he was in ministry. Sorry I messed up the story. I jumped the gun. I said, I want to thank you. And and, uh, I, I just appreciate it. A lot of people are called. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. But it's also true, many are called and few choose to follow. And even those who choose to follow, they quit. It gets hard. And then he started to tell me that they had been in full-time ministry, pastor at a church, got really beat up, and had been in ministry for a number of years, he tells me after. And he and his wife took time out. They... They, they left the ministry. He says, but then, you know, after a short period, God gave them a word and uh, gave them a name of a church, and they looked it up. It was here in uh, Tampa, and they came down. It was the same denomination that they were part of, and the pastor there said, we've been praying for another ministry guy in your age with a young family to come and help us. I said, oh, so how long ago was that? thinking it's a long time. He said, no, we only made that decision in September 2018. I said, buddy, what I said to you before is because God wants you to know. He's proud of you. You did not get defeated in your time out. You got the victory in coming back in. And he said, you know what he said to me? He said, Pastor Rob, he said, I came here tonight and I said to God, I really need a word from you to know that I'm in the right place. He left this place knowing that the church he's serving in 
And the fact that he's down here, he's in the right place. God is, God is with him. But these gifts are not just for the pastors. If the Holy Spirit is in you, you can flow in these gifts. And why should you? How many of you have sons or daughters? How many of you have mother-in-laws? Father-in-laws? How many of you have brothers or sisters? How many of you know somebody else? Okay, and here's the point. As a dad, as a mom, as someone who has a mother-in-law that can be maybe contentious, a father-in-law that could be contentious, it's not just mother-in-laws, it's father-in-laws, and sometimes it's mothers, and sometimes it's dad, and sometimes it's us. But the gifts of the Spirit are not just for a church service. The gifts of the Spirit are for everyday life. The Bible says, grow your children up in the way of the Lord. If some punk at school is trying to get my son into drugs or my daughter into the bed, don't you think it would be handy if they're having doubts about their faith and they're going through stuff? Wouldn't it be handy if as a parent, God just starts to give you revelation and you start talking to your son or daughter in a loving way and you start to say things that immediately... Let them know God's talking to them. How many of you think that would be a really big help in parenting? Well, God wants godly offspring. He'll move in, in the Holy Ghost through you. We get so scared of the things of God and then look at the garbage we get involved in in the world. We, we watch horror movies, we watch this, we watch that, but then we're afraid of tongues. Oh. Did you see all the demons flying around? White tongues. Because from when I was about 18 months old as a child, same with you, you hear your parents talking and your ears are listening. You hear dad say water, and he drinks water, so you think, I want some of that. How do I say that? Ah, ah, ah. Five hours later, the bonehead still didn't get it, right? <laughs> so over a period of time, you learn how to go, wah, 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 wah. And dad, a light bulb goes off over the top of his head. He's known the English language all this time, but he thinks he's intelligent. Oh, he wants water. And the brain sees the response from dad, and the brain says, that was it. You shaped your lips like this. You put your tongue like this. You moved your jaw like this. You got wah-wah, and you got water. Yay! And the process of learning how to speak starts, and the brain is actively involved. And as you learn a couple of words, you say a couple of words, and mommy and daddy go, good boy, good boy, good girl. Isn't that good? Look what he said. And the kid feels the excitement, he feels the validation, and the brain says, okay, I heard the words that came out of my mouth, they were right, I'm going to make a record of that. And we start adding to our repertoire. That's normal, God designed it. But your brain has been constantly involved with everything you do, and it controls. 
And if we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, sometimes we got to get to a place where this doesn't control and censor everything that goes on. Now look, I test things. You all saw me say, is there Lucy here? No one put their hand up. I didn't make a big deal about it. Can I be wrong sometimes? Sure. (gasps) He's not a man of God. He made a mistake. Get off your high horse because I'm not going to get on a high horse. I'm human. I'm normal, just like you. I, I was testing it. Did I hear from the Holy Ghost or not? I, I mean, it came out of left field. I know it came out of left field. Usually that's the Holy Ghost. No one put their hand up. Okay. I'm so glad you interrupted me because you just gave them a visual firsthand experience of how the Holy Ghost works. I had no idea you were talking to your sister, let alone that she was Lucy. In fact, you want me to be really honest? When that thought came to me, we were in worship. And I said to God, God said, I want you to do this. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to do it in the middle of worship because if I blow it, you know, then it's going to be even more spectacularly visible. <laughs> see, how, see how carnal or normal I am? And I said, this, God is my witness. My brain goes like a thousand miles an hour. And so I'm worshiping and <laughs> in my head I'm thinking, God, couldn't you have given me a an easier name? What's the likelihood of a Lucy being here? <laughs> but God knows. And, and I'm saying that stuff so that you could see the Holy Ghost doesn't just take over you and it just, oh, I couldn't help it. No, he works with us. And if I'm silly, he can work with a silly person. It's it's just normal. We just naturally step into the things of God. Yes? I just want to say that I did have a word. Okay? Yeah. And it's in Matthew 11. And it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden Amen. Amen. Right. Praise God. Thank you, Marie. So, so guys, look. Do I, do I doubt? Yeah, I'm testing it. I don't choose to look like a dodo. But by the same token, if I don't take a step of faith, he works with me. He wants me to work with him. So I took a step of faith. I tried to minimize the risk of failure, okay? You all didn't know necessarily what I was going about. And then she says, Pastor Rob, you said, Lucy, if you had a word, I'm thinking, oh, now I'm on the limb. But it was God. Amen. It was God. And no, it's not just for the evangelist or the apostle or the pastor or the teacher. It's for the body of Christ. So this guy left here Friday night really blessed that God confirmed something. But God will give you words of knowledge about your daughter and about your son-in-law. It's, it's meant to be normal. And you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And yes, why pray in tongues? That sounds so stupid because... 
what you learned to do from an infant and what you have done for the last 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, God uses tongues to disengage your brain so that your spirit will start to breathe and function without the control of your brain. It's actually a stepping stone to the other gifts of the spirit. Now, some people have put such a hex on tongues, you know, so demonic. God comes in the back door and he'll start using other gifts through them because they got such a mental blockage from religion about tongues. But generally in the New Testament, whenever they got filled with the Holy Ghost, the pattern in the Gospels is tongues. Look, here, let me give you an example. I'm completely off my notes now, so whatever. Uh, But here's an example. They got baptized in water, then they got baptized in the Holy Ghost, right? So here's um, Peter preaching to Gentiles, these Roman dogs. They're so unclean, but, you know, they want to believe in Jesus. They'll convert to Judaism and they'll become clean, you know, whatever. And as he's preaching to them, The Holy Ghost comes down on them. They get filled with the Holy Ghost and they start praying in tongues. And Peter goes, oh my goodness. Oh my God, you've created a problem for me. Because if they're talking in tongues, how can I not baptize them in water? I wasn't going to baptize them in water. God, if you don't let him in through the front door, he'll come in through the roof. He'll come in through the windows. He'll come in through the back door. But there's one thing necessary. You got to want him. You got to be willing to let him move through you. Are you hearing me, church? Amen. I'm going to end it there. Uh, My notes are here. If you want it, good. If you don't, that's fine. I I actually have an issue about giving out notes. I've never done this before, and I started doing it with the series on the Beatitudes. I don't like giving out my notes. I don't. Number one, they're not copyrighted, but that's not the real issue. People can twist it and then, you know, go online. Oh, he said this and take things out of context. And so I don't like giving out my notes. But I really felt like God said, give last week's notes, give this week's notes. And then I started reasoning with him. Wait a minute. If I don't get through all of today's notes, that'll be next week's sermon. They're going to have it ahead of schedule. You're all going to come back next week, right? Okay. And if you don't want the notes, that's fine. I'm nobody in the flesh, but I know who I am in Jesus Christ. And, and I wasn't looking for your amen. You know who you are in Jesus Christ. No, that was too soft. See, you all said amen when I said, I know who I am in Christ. That's not what I was going for. I want you to know who you are in Christ. So I'm going to ask it again, and I want the right answer. You all know who you are in Christ. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. It's a new year. I want God more than I've ever wanted him before. And can I be honest with you in case that makes me look really spiritual? Let me be honest with you. Here's the bottom line. I need God more than I've ever needed him before. I have some prayer workers that I've asked to
come and help us pray. Come, start coming. Come. Jan, you could come. Shar, you could come. If you want the baptism, Danielle, you can come. You're one of the team. If you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you've never been freed up in the, in the gift of tongues, that is the beginning of, uh, of starting to move from your spirit rather than everything's got to be controlled by your logical mind. Let's all stand. The most important thing is to be born again. Izzy, would you, thank you, go on the piano. The most important thing is to ask Jesus Christ into your heart. And friend, if you've never asked Christ into your heart, you need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We're all broken and we're all hurt. Religion doesn't cut it. Go on, Izzy, start playing for me. Religion doesn't cut it. I don't care what the priest said, the prophet said, an apostle said. Religion doesn't cut it. I don't care if they baptize you with a, a drip or if they submerge you, if they held you upside down. I don't care if they held you under for 10 minutes. That's not going to save you. The only thing that will save you is if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you ask him into your heart. That's what will save you, the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, wow. Who wants to ask Jesus in their heart? I'm not even going to say close your eyes. You either, if you don't have Jesus, you either realize this is worth it, this is the best thing, no shame, nothing to be afraid of or embarrassed about. Who, want, who needs to ask Jesus in their heart? Come on, put your hand up. If that's you, yesterday we had several people at the memorial service accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Isn't that cool? Yeah, awesome, awesome. Anyone here not born again? Is there anyone here who doesn't know what born again means? Put your hand up. I'm just curious. So you're all saved? Everyone's born again? You've got Jesus in your heart. All right. How many of you want me to keep preaching next week on the Holy Spirit? You want to learn more, sir, on the Holy Ghost? All right. You could go to 100 churches in, in Tampa Bay and maybe not hear on the Holy Ghost. When, no, I don't want to say it like that because it sounds arrogant. I don't mean that. I'm sorry, Lord. Look, we just want to follow Jesus. Hey, we're hungry for God, and we're not better than anyone else. And the minute we do, the hand of God comes off us. I know how silly I can be without God. It's Him. And we give Him the glory. We're going to open the altar. Yeah. We're going to open the altar. If you've never had the freedom of praying in tongues and you'd like to start taking this journey, you want to start moving with the Spirit of God, come on, don't be afraid. Come on, don't be afraid. Step out of your seat, go out the front, they'll pray with you. If you need healing, they'll pray with you. You have something you need somebody to agree with you with, they'll pray with you. So Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that you visited us. I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you're in us. That's even better. Yeah. Thank you, God, that we didn't have church, we had you. Amen. 
And I pray, God, that you keep me on track and keep us all hungry for more of you. Keep us with the right heart attitude. Bless these people. Bless them, bless them, bless them. Fill them with your spirit. And let them start moving and seeing the miraculous things of God happening in their families, in their homes, Jesus. The enemy does miraculous things. He does evil, wicked things with supernatural power. And he hurts us. But you have given us authority in Jesus' name. But we don't just want the authority in Jesus' name to stop him. The same way Satan uses a counterfeit of the dunamis, Father, let the gift of miracles flow through us. Let your dunamis, your miraculous start happening in people's lives and make us hungry for more of you, Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Be blessed. And you come on out the front. Just step out the front. And uh, whatever you need prayer for, come on. We're going to agree with you. God bless you, church. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.